You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk, where I am amped because I have just gotten done reviewing the video slideshow, the video mashups, and all the other collateral that I got from Key West that nobody knew I had. It's amazing. The guy with the crazy Hawaiian shirt in the corner, he was working for me the whole time and nobody even saw him. Was he really there? I don't know, but the slideshow indicates he probably was. Anyhow, we're here with Peter McDonald from Wonderwrite, the all-inclusive platform to make agents' lives easier for e-signatures, getting those pesky and ridiculous supplemental applications filled out. And honestly, he'd probably watch your dog if you signed a contract with him. So we're going to talk about what... Actually, you know what? Peter wouldn't, but Dylan would. There is zero chance in my mind that if I picked up the phone and told Dylan Reed that I needed him to come to Tampa, Florida for the weekend and I could get him three contracts with Wonderwrite, but the goal was he had to watch my two golden retrievers... That guy's probably sitting in my living room right now, right? So, anyhow, look, listen. Is he a big dog aside, guy? I mean, it's like, I, I don't remember. I, I, is, he, is he like a big dog guy? I don't remember Dylan. Like, I don't remember having no, a conversation he, with him. No, Dylan, Dylan he's is just, a he man. He just wants to get the, will, just wants to get get it done. the deal done. Yeah. He's, he's a dog on a bone, right? Gotcha. You know, I would look. say, my, my listen, my brother has a dog. He got it. He trained it. Like, I don't know. He, he, his trainer was like, your dog is going to be better than 95% of dogs out there. And like, literally, you can tell him, Stella, spot. Stella will not leave that spot. Kind of dog? Like, the entire day. It's like a pit bull mutt mix. I mean, hmm. I don't know. He picked it. It was a rescue puppy. Um, and when he goes for a walk, he'll just like Stella heel. And it's on his heel the entire hmm. time. Interesting. And if she gets out of line, you know, he puts her right back in line. So it's, it is the most amazing dog. I, I cannot believe the difference. Like, you know, you, you look at people struggling, like their big dog, the dog's pulling them, taking them for a walk. Anyway, so I, now I'm kind of spoiled because if I have a dog, I'm like, I want the dog to do what I say. Otherwise, <laughs> it ain't happening. But. So here we go, man. We're talking about getting a great introduction. First, first, first introduction, right? That was the whole idea. Hundred percent. So I think, 
You know, um, what I want to talk about is if you're trying to build your book of business, commercial insurance, maybe you're new to the business, maybe you've been in it for a while, you know, how do you get those intros to those deals? Um, I think if you're new, it's like, gosh, should I be cold calling? Should I be marketing? There's like a lot of different ways. And, you know, I've, I've personally made thousands of cold calls. And so anyone says cold calling is dead. I'd be like, you can still close really big deals from cold calling. It's the only way. It's the only thing that you can control. It's the only thing that's not ever going anywhere. Yeah. And even if it's not necessarily happening on a cell phone or a phone, or I mean, everyone saw his cell phones, obviously, you just got to find it. Um, we use Zoom Info and I can pull up your guys' cell phones right now. It's kind of creepy. Um, but, uh, you know, cell, you can definitely hit people up with their cell phone. Just make sure you have a good message. But I think anyway, in the spirit of trying to, trying to, kind of trying to grow, I just want to also share like some of my learnings having built a tech company. And so in the tech space, you guys haven't heard of Paul Graham, have you? No. So Paul Graham founded Y Combinator. You guys heard of YC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what Y Combinator is. So Y it's Combinator is a big like, tech incubator accelerator, right? 100%. The most yep. well-known in the world. They backed companies like Airbnb and Dropbox. Um, you know, one of the best in the industry, best known for sure. They um, And so Paul Graham is the founder of YC. He, and he talks about doing things that don't scale. You can just go on Google type and do things that don't scale. One of the examples of this was... Airbnb in their early days, um, they flew, they realized that people were way more likely to book an Airbnb, which at this point was just like, you know, small little apartments somewhere if there are good photos, but the average person couldn't take good photos. Um, and so they would literally like fly out to New York City and like meet these hosts and help them take photos of their properties. Now, clearly, if you're running like a multi-billion dollar company, the founders can't be flying out to every property to take photos, right? But in the beginning, this was like the most important thing to help grow their business. It was a thing that doesn't scale. And Paul Graham talks about, you know, Tim Cook, when you buy your next iPhone, like Tim Cook's not sending you a handwritten thank you note, right? They, you, you just can't do it. What's that? You, you didn't get one? <laughs> you must be an Android, I think it got lost in the, in the, in the snail mail. Um, but if you're new to insurance, this is actually an advantage of being small is like that's something you can do that the yep. big companies can't. You know, if you're a small agent breaking into commercial, you can do things that don't scale. You can do things that Marsh can't do. And that's your advantage. I can tell you right now, if we ever get to the point where I can't write handwritten thank you notes, we have grown too big. I will never stop doing that. I don't care what anybody says. Now, listen. I'm also not going to be out producing and servicing accounts and doing everything else. It very well could be my full-time job to just sit at my desk writing handwritten thank you notes for everybody who's come into the, come into the agency, right? I'm pretty I'm sure that Destiny is still that. waiting for you to write a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but seriously, man. man, that's just something that, I, that, that is a, a conviction of mine. And, you know, it goes back to the entire way I live my life, man. I wrote the freaking book on it, the extra two minutes, and that's yeah. going to be the difference 100% of the time. Will it limit my growth? Possibly. It very well may keep me from being a $20 million agency, but guess what? I'll be fine with the income that I make off of having an agency that size knowing that I sat delivered the product that I wanted to deliver the way I wanted to deliver it 100% of the time. I'll never outsource it to VAs. I'll never have my producers do it. That's something that I have said will happen to 100% of our clients with everybody. So I'm not refuting what Peter said. You're 100% valid. What you're doing is saying I'll never be as big as Apple, and I think we can agree on that. Hmm. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, look, I guess not necessarily handwritten thank you notes, but there are things, Dave, and this is why you're so successful that you do that the big companies either like just can't do or won't do because it doesn't fit their business model. You know, there are things that you can do if you're building your business for the first time that the big companies, they literally can't like their business model just won't allow for it. Um, whether that's, you know, driving out to the premises, interviewing everybody, taking photos, you know, I was chatting with Jason Castle. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, J- Jason Castle saying he literally worked for a company. He's like, let me go work for you guys for a week. I listen. I used to do that all the time, man. That was honest to God one of the best ways that I could get into accounts, especially in a market like this where the labor was bad. If I could go in and find somebody that had a workers' comp issue and they were short in labor, I had no problem. I'll never forget, man. I wrote an I wrote an account that was a nice size middle market account that did pool decks. And I had just come out of the pool industry because I was building pools while I was getting my insurance license. And they were a subcontractor that we used, which is why I engaged with them to begin with, was because I made friends with all the subs while I was working on construction sites. Went back and wrote all of them. But anyhow, these guys were shorthanded. They were going to have four or five pools that didn't make their timeline, which meant they weren't going to get their draws, which meant payroll was going to be affected. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I want to see how your crews run anyhow. My goal is to get you to hire me to help you with your insurance. So I have no problem coming in and installing deco drain or whatever else you need me to do to get the jobs done so you can pay your people. I went out, worked with them for like a day or two. The agency thought I was absolutely nuts for doing it. And then I brought in the account and then they told everybody they should go and start trying to (laughs) offer to help their clients, especially like in things like food service and stuff like that, where you want to see how people are operating in the heat of the moment when they have the opportunity to get injured because they're never going to show you that when you're sitting in a conference room. 100%. 100%. I'm I just going to start is- mowing yards and like getting up in people's <laughs> ducks. Yeah. Doing some AC yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, cutting French fries and flipping burgers. I think like this is, um, but this is something that doesn't scale, right? Like it's, you, you can do this for a time. You can do it for some accounts, but you can't do it 100% of the time for all your accounts, right? And I think if you want to build a great business, the advice from Paul Graham, just like the founders of Airbnb, it's like do things that don't scale. If you want to build a great business, like that's what you got to do. That's what founders do all the time. They're doing something. They're 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 sprinting. They're sprinting. They're working hard, and it's like, hey, I know at some point this isn't going to scale, uh, but it's what I got to do for the time to build a great business. If you want to build a great business as a producer, build a great book of business, you got to do things that don't scale. And so one of those things is like, how do you get the best intro to the decision makers that can help you win more deals. Maybe it's sending handwritten thank you notes consistently. Maybe it's literally going to work for them. But this is a concept that I learned through um, through fundraising. And so if you put yourself in the mind of a, of a, a software founder, you're reaching out to these investors because they have billions of dollars and you want just a few million. You know, how do you, how do you get this person to part with their millions of dollars? Um, and the reality is if you just cold email, cold call these people, they get pitched every day for every crypto idea this and the next Facebook that. And they literally have too much stuff coming at them where it's like, it's just too much to filter it all out. And so what they end up doing is they look for like social signaling where they look for where did this introduction come from? And so I think one of the best things you can do as an insurance salesperson is start thinking about the social signaling associated with where you're getting your intros. Hey, is it a random cold call? Is it a random LinkedIn message from some person I've never heard of? Um, 
for people who are really busy, they start to be like, where did this intro come from? I'll tell you right now, if somebody, if David Carruthers sends me an email and says, hey, Peter, can I intro you to XYZ person? There's probably a 99% chance I'm opening that email and replying within the first five minutes. Absolutely. Here's my calendar. Make the intro. Look at Greg. I mean, even for for help, right? Look at Greg McCammon. Guy sends me a message and says, hey, brother, I left my job. Anybody you know? I I, I messaged three people. All three people got back to me. And guess what? Greg had a job. 100%. Within minutes. Like the intro, yeah. like the intro is, 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 is getting a response versus someone just cold reaching out. I'm like, who is this? What do they want from me? Why are they reaching out? And it's, it's not because that like people who are busy are mean and that your prospects hate you. It's just, they have a busy life and they just have, they have to put like rooting on their day, man. I mean. And they have to put a mechanism around all the random stuff and like the social engineering, the cyber hackers trying to break into their business and steal their, their, e, you know, ECH payments. Um, so, all right, how can you how can you leverage this for your insurance agency? And this is what I learned in fundraising. What you should do is you should put a list together. I used Airtable for this. It's kind of like Google Sheets on or Excel on steroids where you can start having like uh, re- relationships. So I could I could make a list of all the investors that I wanted to talk to. But let's talk in insurance terms. Put down a list of all the all the companies that you're like interested in chatting with. You can start tagging like, "Hey, what industry is this?" Um, you know, what geography, what size is this? And you can kind of do smart filters on it, but you should start putting that list together and then be like, all right, at, you know, let's just say it's ABC company. Who are the people there that I should be talking to? It might be the CEO, but it might also be the CFO. It might also be a general manager or risk manager. Just start to put all those people in the next column. So it's like name of the company. And then it's, you know, who are the people that I need to talk to? Let me stop for two seconds because I want to give, I want to add one thing to that. And I'm going to promise to shut up because you're on a roll. Let me tell you the easiest way. Talk to their salespeople, right? You're going to be at networking events. You're going to be with their salespeople. And you can talk to them about how you can help them grow or whatever else. The other thing is you can find out from them. You may, they may not be the one that necessarily gets you the intro. But maybe you already have the intro. Maybe you've gotten the intro and you're looking for what the psychology needs to be when you talk to that person, or maybe they can help you with it. But I found over the course of my career that if I get into a big account, if I reach out to a salesperson from that account and I say, hey, look, I'll do you a solid. You tell me wherever you need me to get you into, I'll get you in there. Here's a list of my accounts. I don't mind sharing who I represent. Here's what I'm asking you in return. How would you sell your boss? How would you sell the CEO of your organization? Because I have a meeting with them coming up and I want to know what you would do because you're with this person every single day and I'm not. Love it. Make them an internal advocate. You know, salespeople love to win. And gosh, if you got a salesperson as an internal advocate that loves to win and they're fighting in your behalf, that's awesome. So, so make that list. Um, and then, you know, start to figure out who do you know that knows these people? And literally the next column is, all right, so if you have the name of the company and then you have like the next column, again, an air table, you can do this where you could tag all your different contacts or sorry, all the people at that company. And then you start tagging your contacts, a list of people that you know, like, and trust that you know would, would vouch for you. And if you're just starting off in your career, it might be like family, it might be friends, it might be people in business who can make an intro and, um, you just start to engineer like, all right, how can I get the interest of these companies? And you, and you build that list out and then you start to share it with the people and you're like, Hey, look, would you be willing to like make an introduction for me? These are the people I'm looking to speak to. You craft a really good message, super concise to the point. 
and you just contrast cold call or like random LinkedIn in mail that someone's like instant delete. And I, and I, I could tell you, I get 50 to a hundred of these a day and I just literally have to delete a lot. Like, Dude, I'm, I mean, I get I a bunch of them a day. I'm sure you guys get way <laughs> yeah, more than I do. It's like people asking me if you know, about getting some sort of software and you know, for like hiring software rep. I'm like, what? Like, do you, have you even looked at my profile? Like what makes you think that I'm trying to hire a software developer? <laughs> like, I, I I try and I try and read them, but like literally, I can't get past the first sentence sometimes. Where I'm just like I'm confused. Delete. <laughs> yeah. Um. Again, I I I get cold calls at you know for Wonderay, and like I'll take them because I'm curious how good the person's game is, and I can tell you it's not great a lot of times. Sure. But one of the easiest things that everybody can do is leverage your existing social network to get the best intro. If you reach out to somebody that knows me, somebody that's done me a solid. 100% I'm taking that call and I'm at least going to get my eyes on it. I still might turn it down like, hey, it doesn't make sense for us right now and I have to figure out where we need to be prioritized and not, but I'm definitely going to look going to look at it. And and I've seen this personally when we were fundraising, you know, you'd reach out to a certain person and like they just never even going to reply. And then you get the best possible intro you can. Person is texting within 5 minutes. Um, because like, wait a minute, so-and-so is making this like, all right, if so-and-so made the intro, there's gotta be something here. It's important for me. So that's kind of the way that I've thought about getting the best intro. It's something I didn't really take advantage of when I was an agent. Um, but in hindsight, I definitely so let me ask you this, Peter, like obviously as you're in your career, your field for an extended period of time, you're going to naturally develop a larger network, but like, what's your advice for someone who is maybe newer to their particular, um, you know, agency or industry or whatever they're doing to start developing that network. Like where, cause, cause you sit there and you think you're like, okay, that's a good plan. But like, oh my God, what, you know, where do I start? Like, this seems overwhelming. So like, what, what would you say, give some, some advice on that? Like, how do you start? Yeah. So I have the, I, I actually, one of the topics I can talk about is like triggers to shop. Um, why do people buy insurance? Like if I guess I ask you like how like why do people buy insurance? Well, I mean there's several reasons, but they need it to protect their business. One, um, and yeah, I mean they may, it may be compulsory, right? It may be compulsory in their number state. one reason. It's like if you don't do it, the government's going to shut you down. It's required by law. Yeah. That's the number one reason people buy insurance. Yeah. Um, or your mortgage company requires it in personal yeah. lines. I mean, I honestly think if there weren't rules, people wouldn't buy it, right? It would be a 100%. much tougher sell. All right. Yeah. So, so exactly. Your mortgage is required. So it's like, all right, who's requiring insurance? And it's like, well, if it's workers comp, the government's requiring it. If it's a purchase of property, like the, the bank's requiring it. If it's a company that goes through an M&A process, it's the new investor, right? Like the private equity company. So if you just start to work this back and be like, all right, so what line of business am I selling for insurance? Work back. Like why are people buying this to begin with? Um, that's going to tell you what is the trigger to shop. And so if you're trying to insure tech companies, I'm going to be like, I need to be networking with private equity venture capital guys who are investing in these deals. Where do these guys hang out? I'm going to start listening to those podcasts. I'm going to start going to those networking events. I'm going to be checking out all the incubators and I'm going to be making relationships with all those influencers. Right. If it's, um, if it's in the construction industry, people are getting bonds and people are getting, you know, insurance for each job they're doing. I'm going to be like, all right, where do the contractors hang out? Um, what are the industry events they have? How can I get involved in their trades associations? How can I show up? Like those are going to be the places where I'm going to prioritize my networking initiatives. And so I'd say back to your question, Kyle, it's like, 
yeah, what do you recommend for people just starting out? I would say you got to network, but don't just go to like your chamber of commerce event. Like maybe that worked, you know, 30 years ago. Now it's like, Hey, what lines of business are you trying to write? Um, like that's where I get started. I like it. Yeah. So, um, I, I think, think here's another ahead. thing though. I think it also depends on the product that you have and what you're framing, right? I think social has done social has done something for us that that we didn't have as a weapon in our arsenal before. And if there's something that I do that I feel like I do pretty good, I think that creating the FOMO is something that's a new dynamic to the selling game that wasn't there before. So from an insurance perspective for Florida Risk, Probably a little bit more difficult unless I take pictures and meet with clients out on golf courses or fishing on yachts or whatever else. But for the killing commercial event in Key West, it's very, very easy to do that. You know, people see guys slaying tuna and then eating it poolside, you know, being served by Dylan. Super fire. Right? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Yeah. I want that right now. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the whole thing, man. And so for me, you know, just giving you a little insight into the mad scientist mind so to speak but i think that's something that we miss man and and for me as i move forward and i push killing commercial to the next level it's not just gonna be about here's what you need to do to close business i want to focus on the producer lifestyle ultimately that's what everybody wants they want to have the lifestyle where you can go fishing on the yacht you can drive the nice car take the nice vacation but you have to do other things to achieve that. And I don't know of anybody else out there that is realistically saying, look, man, if this is what you want, this is what you have to go through to get it. Everybody wants to have a course or a product or a training that says, follow me and I'll show you how to work four hours a week and make more money than you've ever made before, right? That's a legitimate Facebook ad that I see yeah. right now. That's not how it works, people. It's more like, Come get into the industry, work your ass off for a number of years, make less money than you made before you started, and at some point the flywheel catches, and now you can have all of this. But the only way you can have this is if you envision that and visualize it every single day, knowing that the behaviors that you are are, are executing on a daily basis is what's going to get there. And if you can show people all of the other people that are in your ecosystem that are experiencing that lifestyle now, the FOMO that's created on social will make other people automatically attracted to that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an interesting element you bring up. Uh, I think 100% agree, by the way. It's like you got to be willing to go through that rough period of like, yeah, like I'm not closing deals. I'm not making the same income I am. I'm taking a pay cut. If you're believing in it, you know, it, you will build that flywheel. It will pay you dividends in the long run. Additionally, yeah, like social is definitely changing the rules of the game where before maybe you'd be seen out in the golf course or something. And today it's like, yeah, like if your prospects are a specific niche, they're all around the country. It's like, yeah, leverage those opportunities to get in front of them. Like, again, let's say you're doing, working with contractors and you're like working in the National Contractor Association. Make sure those photos are out there on social and people are like, wait, you know all these same people that I do? Yeah, it's a good point. Start leveraging those intros. Yeah, I'm always kind of, um, kind of split on the use of friends that are common, right? So I, I think it's good for an intro where I don't, where I don't like to engage the third party is to help me get a deal done. Like, I think that sometimes producers will find that person that can get them into the account. And now all of a sudden they're like 
glued to that person as part of the process. So if an email doesn't come back, they, it becomes easier to email the mutual uh, connection and say, hey, man, you mind dropping something and so-and-so's ear? Next thing you know, they're sitting at the freaking closing table with you trying to get the deal done, right? So I'm a big fan of, of looking at social and using it to gain the first introduction. I would tell producers, be cautious on how much you engage that person throughout the buyer's journey because you may end up losing a friend. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk about that. I think that's actually a great you know, a great point you bring up. And I'll just relate from my experience, like in the fundraise world, the assumption is you talk to 100 people, 99% are going to say no. That's just the expectation. And so I think a good friend's job is, hey, listen, I'm willing to make this intro, assuming they're probably going to say no, and you're going to treat them respectfully, and it's a double opt-in. So if I was reaching out, let's say I wanted an intro from David, I would say, hey, David, I saw that you were connected with so-and-so from like a social post you did. Um, hey, would love if you could if you could ask if he'd be open to an intro. I had saw I'd seen some you know some stuff they were posting on whatever recently, and I really found that interesting. Could you make an intro? Here's a one sentence on Wonderite. You're like, sure, happy to make the intro. You make the intro. The person declines. I'm like, you know what? I respect it. They declined. It came from the best possible person I could get the intro from. They said no. I can circle back on that later, but I'm not going to be begging Dave to make the intro again. Um, or maybe they say, sure, I'll talk to Peter. We chat. They decline. It's like, hey, you know what? I respect it. Um, I can't be like begging and crying to David to like close a deal for and, like, me. It puts them in an awkward the position as well. It's just not, it's just weird. Yeah. You know? Dave's going to be like, don't talk yeah. to me. He's like, like don't bro. hang out with me. You know, like, yeah, 100%. Come near my vessel, bro. Yeah. Definitely not my little <laughs> ro- vessel. robo vessel. <laughs> you honor off Cape today. Yeah, man. I'm on Cape heading up to Maine. Nice. It's going to be a good time. My my yeah, buddy has been go uh, going up to Maine in the summers, just like just disappearing for three months with his family up there. And I'm like trying to hit him up and play golf. He's like, yo, up up, up in Maine. He's just like sitting in a canoe on a lake. And like, I'm like bro, he's probably hiking right now. He's you probably know? hiking like an idiot. Yeah, you couldn't. I don't think you could hang, Kyle. You know, I you got the hat. I wouldn't. You gotta, I wouldn't even try. You got to be able to hike the mountain. I hate that stuff. <laughs> Give me some golf. Cool. Let's go. Yeah, no kidding. All right, gentlemen, I think it's time to move on to the next topic here. We kind of hit yeah, up the absolutely. Uh, getting I the intro. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. All right, everybody, we'll catch you next week. Peter just wrapped the episode up for us. If you want to learn more about Wonderwrite and the special pricing that they are currently offering for listeners of the Power Producers podcast and members of Killing Commercial Insurance Sales Training, it is good from now through September 30th of 2022. You do not want to miss out on this deal. It is exactly half their sticker price for the product. Come on now, people. Figure out what your hourly rate is and look at how much money you're pissing away using their competitor's product or spending time filling stuff out manually and putting your clients through a horrible buyer's journey book a meeting with dylan or danny or another member of the wonder right crew today get out there make your agency more profitable and more efficient we'll catch you next week see ya been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes